Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Healer, Heal Yourself, where you can reduce burnout, discover your creativity while you heal others. This is a podcast of creativity and art, where medicine and art intersect, where you can find ways to relieve some of your stress through the creative arts, the expressive arts. Today, I have the author, Dr. Carrie Barron, who's also a psychoanalyst and psychiatrist who was practicing in New York at the time of this interview. She was transitioning to a new position in Texas, and this was in February of 2020, right before lockdown for the pandemic is when we had this conversation You will find it very informative where she talks to us about the five elements that she's discovered to help us heal. So please enjoy the next episode and welcome to the podcast. This is Dr. Isla Bates. I'm a psychiatrist in New York City and I'm an artist and love talking about creativity. So thank you for joining us. Enjoy the show. Today, I have Dr. Carrie Barron, who is a psychiatrist. She has written the book, The Creativity Cure, and um, she's going to talk to us about that as well today. She is on the faculty of Columbia College of Physicians and Surgeons, and she's also on the faculty at Dell Medical School in Texas. She also is the director of Creativity for Resilience at the medical school. So welcome, Dr. Barron. Oh, hello, Dr. Bates. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's great to have you here. And I'm really excited to talk to you about The Creativity Cure, which is um, one of your books. And I'd love you to tell this audience about it. Okay, sure, sure. So the creativity cure um, suggests that um, if we adopt a certain lifestyle, we're going to be able to access our creativity more easily. And the five tenets of the book, although at this point we have expanded them, have to do with insight, which is self-awareness, movement, which is using your body, exercise, mind rest, which is having reflective time or sort of non-time, passive time, Um, mind shift, which is developing a practice or a capacity to move yourself away from self-destructive or demeaning, inner demeaning thoughts. Um, And the fifth thing is using your own two hands. There is data that suggests that our mood and even our, the sharpness of our mind can be elevated by purposeful hand use. So I'll stop with that. But those were the basic tenets of the book. And then the book is really about how do you address your own life and create adaptations or shifts in your own way of living, small ways, you know, it starts with a tone of water, five minutes here and there, in order to acclimate or to allow these concepts to enter your way of living and thinking and being, because really it's about well-being and health. Yeah. 
I love it. Um, how did you come up with the concept and the idea for the book? So um, I had a practice in Manhattan for 20 years, a psychoanalytic. I'm trained as a psychoanalyst. And I learned a lot from the people that came to see me. I learned about um, the kinds of things they did in their lives that mattered to them, that made a difference, but that you would not find in a textbook. So for example, if someone is depressed, we think, do cognitive behavioral therapy or um, let me perhaps medications. But people were coming in and saying things like, I knit a sweater this weekend, I played the cello this weekend, I fixed my sink this weekend. And it, strangely, they would sort of marvel at it themselves. That seemed to put me in a much better mood. Hmm. And this, this was around 2009 when technology was accelerating as it always is. But when people were really making that shift towards their iPhones and their tablets and a little bit more away from, you know, hands in the dirt, kind of growing your own garden, living. And my husband is a hand surgeon and we just started to talk about it. And he would talk about what happened to people when they couldn't use their hand, if they couldn't play their instrument, if they couldn't even vacuum their living room. I mean, there's a sense of tending to your own environment that's really important. So we just sort of talked about it a lot and then came up with, tried to understand it, tried to explore what all this meant. I love it. Um, do you have any creative endeavor yourself that you're involved in? Well, strangely, uh, I studied classical voice from the age of 12 to 34. Wow. And then Stopped um, for some reason that I never really did understand when I had my first child. And just a month ago, I joined a, a singing group at the Austin Jazz Women's Choir, and it's absolutely fun and I love it and I'm very into it. I also like baking and cooking. I play the guitar a little bit um, yeah. for a while, and um, I've dabbled in a lot of things. I'm terrible at, you know, poetry and I've done watercolors. I have no yeah. skill, but I enjoy it. I enjoy this thing. Yeah. It sounds great. It sounds like you're also willing to try everything and anything. Yeah, I think that's important for people. Yes. Definitely have to be good at it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So many people are afraid to try something creative um, because they think they won't be good at it. And I, I think they forget about the process. It's the process, the act of doing it, that's actually healing and therapeutic, isn't it? I totally agree. And I think also the tolerance for learning. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe some things you can learn very quickly, play the recorder, a simple knitting stitch, but some things require some level of mastery before you have that kind of flow or pleasure from it. So there may be a little bit of a struggle in the beginning to learn something, but yeah. If it's the right thing for you and you're very interested in it, you'll stick with it and, and get there, I think. Absolutely. <clears throat> How do you think your book can help physicians or healers who are struggling to find ways to be creative? Well, interestingly, I, work, I have a colleague who worked with Rachel Raymond or took her course. Mm -hmm. and he came back and said, do you know what the number one thing is that physicians miss when they enter the medical training? And he, I said, what? He said, creativity. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. So what, for those of us who, you know, had to be science-oriented or data-oriented or quantitatively trained, um, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So then we get into the definition of creativity. So I think it's meaning. I think it's 
awakening and kind of Maslow's idea of self-actualization, wherein you're in your highest self when your inner values and impulses and leanings can be expressed through your actions in the world. So um, for, for physicians, I think that could be patient care. Mm -hmm. It could be research, discovery, um, innovation in the way you set up a program or perhaps in a paper that you write about something that you've observed. I also think there are a lot of physicians who are, who are um, actors or musicians or painters and giving yourself permission to, I know how busy, I mean, we're very busy. We know what's going on in the field with concerns mm -hmm. about fatigue and moral injury and burnout. Uh, I'm very involved in those discussions. Um, but self-care, I don't even like that phrase, but self-care yeah. is, is really important. It's moral. It's a moral action. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I, I, because in the end it takes care of patients as well as you. So if you need to go paint, go paint. Maybe don't finish everything right away because you'll never finish. You'll never finish all the tedious work. So. Right. Right. Um, I'm not sure if we discussed this before, but I was a fashion designer before I became a physician. And I pushed art aside for a long, long time during my medical training. I did very little. Maybe I'd do some drawings for anatomy or something like that. Um, but it wasn't until 12 years ago that I decided to dedicate one night a week to printmaking. Mm. And for me, printmaking was wonderful because I could go into the studio and at the end, I would have six prints, you know, I could feel like I'd actually accomplished something. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that that really enriched my life. And that's kind of what got me into wanting to share this type of thing with other physicians who may be burning out or looking for ways in which to, um, to discover their own creativity. Right. That's lovely. I'm so, it's so lovely to even just have the image of, of prints and printmaking in the mind. Mm. There's something about imagination or, you know, the freedom involved in, in creativity that I think is just so important for well-being. Absolutely. Um, one yeah. of our, our, a couple of our guests um, on the summit are physicians who've suffered from depression or burnout and they found uh, ways in which to heal themselves through music. Uh, mm -hmm. One is Andrea Pennington, who actually did a TED Talk on it. Um, and the other is Dr. Um, Frank Clark, who um, actually developed a music program that's, that he's spreading you know, throughout South Carolina and maybe nice. more nice. places. I'd love to learn about those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, there's some really interesting, innovative ways in which we can share creativity with our patients and also with ourselves. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Do you actually use any of these techniques when you're working with, um, with patients in your office? Yes. So right now, I do not have a clinical practice. Um, mm -hmm. Since moving to Dell Medical School. I just got moved over actually. Ah. Um, I'll be an associate professor of medical education starting in March. I mean, associate professor starting in July, but we'll move over to medical education in March. 
in a couple of days. Um, so I haven't had a clinical practice. I chose to just concentrate on developing curriculum and learning more about developing workshops for mm -hmm. people who are trying to find some alignment with, with our field and maintain a sense of vitality. Tell me about your workshops. What are they like? So, um, as you know, I'm a psychiatrist and a psychoanalyst. Mm -hmm. I was also very interested in positive psychology for many, many years mm -hmm. and self-taught, pretty much read everything. And about a year ago, I took a coaching course. Um, so now I'm a positive psychology and well-being coach. Um, so the, the workshops are about human flourishing, which has a lot, which is very linked to creativity. And some of the techniques and the principles that come out of the positive psychology field. This was started by Dr. Martin Seligman at the mm -hmm. University of Pennsylvania. Yes. And he taps into philosophy, spirituality, science, psychology, and he's, he's a researcher. So he's come up with sort of basic principles of living um, and how to understand our own personality, our, what he calls character strengths and virtues, and to own them and honor them as much as we can in the way that we live. So one might be creativity, one might be curiosity, one might be perseverance, one might be bravery. So in the workshops, we have people take his survey called the Values in Action Survey. It's free and one can access it on the internet. And it's just kind of fun and interesting. I mean, you may not agree with what your top five strengths are at the end of this survey, you may. Mm -hmm. But it is very interesting to stop and be reflective about your own personality. Mm -hmm. It's not egocentric. It's, it's useful because Absolutely. then you can figure out how you're most effective and even happy. I mean, we're not happy all the time, but right. we might be more happy. Right. Happier. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I'm also certified in positive psychology. Oh, and <laughs> and love it studied with tal ben shahar and oh okay yeah and he, at harvard he has a whole course he's he a does course. yeah yeah uh, right. and um he's actually going to be one of our speakers too oh fantastic fantastic yeah, yeah yeah so um i also have some art therapists who have combined art therapy and positive psychology which i think is okay. fascinating oh that's great. yes mm-hmm so I love positive psychology, <laughs> absolutely love it. And, yeah. um, you know, gratitude, things like gratitude and gratitude journals, so important, um, I think, in our well-being and, and healing. So I think it's wonderful that you're doing this. That's great. Oh, it's wonderful to hear that, that we have that in common. But I, to me, gratitude is an example of mind shift. So mm -hmm. you, you very intentional conscientious practice mm -hmm. of taking your mind to that place. And there's so much research on gratitude. I mean, you know, right? I mean, yeah. just there's so much. The gratitude attitude yeah. really does enhance mood. Yes, absolutely. We tend to go towards the negative or what we're missing. And if we can move to really in a very intentional way towards what's good, what's positive, and it's not to dismiss or put on a happy face all the time or to be really disrespectful of pain in our life or someone else's life but mm -hmm. to respect it but also it's a coping skill to think about what is good absolutely and uh, as a psychiatrist you know that we often look at pathology and what's wrong with you and i think 
positive psychology or psychiatry is more or less looking at what makes you thrive. Right? Exactly. It's the opposite of the deficit model. Exactly. One of the things I always like to bring up in talks is um, what blew me away when I first discovered this. I think I was standing in Barnes and Noble on 63rd <laughs> Street and I found Authentic Happiness, Martin Seligman's yes. book. And it kind of jumped out at me and had this bright blue cover. And in it, I think it was in that book, but for every, he realized that for every 100 articles written about psychopathology, there was one written about wellness. Yes. I think this was in 2002. I, I don't know when, how long he'd been sort of musing about this, but that really blew me away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to patients, I, I did do some, a little bit of clinical work with a colleague in a clinic here an orthopedic surgeon colleague, and we would, we would just ask people, what matters to you? Who matters to you in your life? What do you love to do? And it's interesting when that enlivened identity comes into the room in the context of whatever's troubling the person. Absolutely. But there's something kind of shoring up about the identity when you can, and strengthening when you can be thinking about the beautiful and amazing things that people do in their lives. Yeah. Extraordinary things and ordinary things, and ordinary things can be extraordinary, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that's what's missing in the doctor-patient relationship now, that, you know, that we have all of these rushed encounters, which is an article I wrote not too long ago um, for Kevin MD, and I talk about these rushed encounters where you're seeing a patient for five minutes, but if you can stop for a few seconds like what Barbara Fredrickson talks about in Love 2.0 and have those micro moments where you make connection with the patient. Find out what it is that that matters to them, as you just said. That can make the day for the patient and for you. I mean, that exchange, that connection is a beautiful thing. I agree. I agree. And just like when you were talking about printmaking, it's so interesting to find out that somebody loves fly fishing or they love to yeah. or they make rice and beans every Sunday night, or there's something about the visual there, the imagination that just enriches, I think, the encounter. So yes. It does. And it yeah. makes that connection that you can return to, you mm-hmm. know, when mm-hmm. the patient comes back again for another five minute visit, you can at least talk about for a few seconds, talk about that one thing that you remember about them. Right. And another thing that I think it connects to is curiosity. So absolutely. And, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit, mm-hmm. but I, it's one of my favorite articles is it's just called curiosity. I think it's Tara Fitzgerald. I can't maybe I'm Faith Fitzgerald. It was written in 1999. It's in a med- it's a med- medical article, but curiosity is caring. When you, when you ask, when you're interested in, these details of someone's life and genuinely interested. I think that makes it wonderful, again, for the encounter. Someone can care for and you are engaged. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's so important when it comes to cultural issues and, and differences, having a curiosity about someone. Actually, that's my definition of creativity is really curiosity. I know you mentioned that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you for that um, article. I'll have to look for it. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds great. Um, do you do any work with children at all? 
I don't. I mean, I did in residency, but no, mm-hmm. not at mm-hmm. all. Not I have all. children. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. young children or adult children? I have two almost 18-year-olds and one 26-year-old. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are any of them artists or creative uh, creatives? Older daughter was yeah. uh, very interested in drawing and designing. And she, um, yes, I mean, she she is very much so. I think my son has made films and he's painted and he's done all kinds of things. The other, my my daughter, my younger daughter was a, sort of the head of makeup for her school so she's very interested in um in that so yes that's wonderful to me it's more it's more of a mindset kind of a a flexibility and a spontaneity and a naturalness in your thinking and way of being more than a product or what they make absolutely so yeah yeah um to be creative is to be free in a way yeah i agree yeah (laughs) Sounds good. Um, anything new on the horizon? It sounds like you just relocated and uh, <laughs> you've got a lot on your plate right now. Yeah, well, very. I'm very excited about the next chapter. I'm going to be working very closely with medical educators on um, the role of character in medicine. Hmm. Um, so it's linked a little bit to positive psychology, but um, we're thinking a lot about how when you reconnect to your humanistic, caring, call, your calling, things that we just talked about, um, mm-hmm. with and allow yourself to really have those experiences with patients and how can that be created? And we all know that medical records are a, you know, an issue and we have to be more efficient in, in the system. The system is flawed. But just helping people find the beauty in themselves and bring it forth. In, and remember who they are and what they have to give and how much they have to give mm-hmm. through their abilities and talents and passions and compassion. Um, it, it can be a, a way to get through the day. Absolutely. I mean, that's going to bring more joy, I think, back to the practice of medicine <laughs> as yeah. you do that. Um, so you're developing the curriculum now. Well, we're just about to start. We just had mm-hmm. some initial meetings and we're thinking about that. So, so exciting. A group of several schools that are collaborating. So, yes. So how did um, Dell Medical School contact you? Was it through your, your book and your writing that they, they saw you? So it was just kind of a random. My husband went to UT. He's from Austin and he has some projects and endeavors. He actually practices in Manhattan. He's a hand and shoulder surgeon. Um, comes to stay with us on the weekends, but um, he knew some people before Dell Medical School started and just through some conversations and met some people who were in the very, very initial uh, throes of creating Dell Medical School. And one thing led to another. So here I am. That's fantastic. Um, You were also at Columbia too, Columbia College of physicians and surgeons. So I trained at the psychoanalytic center in the department of psychiatry at Columbia and I've been on the faculty since then. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was, when I was in New York, I was going to those functions. I still go to some functions there, but um, yeah. The narrative medicine uh, department? That's wonderful. I, yes, um, not that, but um, actually I'm on the public outreach committee because I've done a lot of social media because of my book. And um, so it's about how we get these ideas into 
the public and make them more accessible is basically. Oh, that's wonderful. That sounds really great. I know you've already defined creativity for me, but I always ask every guest, um, what's your definition of creativity? If you don't mind saying it again. Yes. So creativity is, is the capacity to honor your inner life in such a way that there's a consistency between your inner values and the, and your outer expression such that you can contribute to the world in a meaningful and beautiful way. Hmm, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Dr. Barron, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. And I really appreciate you being here and sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you, Dr. Bates. I've loved talking to you. Thank you for the really interesting questions. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye.